This is the Wildflower Bee Farm Report podcast for September 15, 2020. Another fantastic week on the farm. Just got back from a walk and, and checked out all the highs. As, as you know, if you've listened to our podcast, we spend a great deal of time learning about our hives by watching the entrances and seeing what's happening that way. Uh, this week, excuse me, this week we put, uh, we finished all our, uh, our moisture quilts on top with pine shavings and the bees just seem to be loving it. The uh, today, for example, it was uh, it's fairly warm. The the goldenrod is in full bloom. So is the um, white sweet clover, the crimson clover, the allset clover, all all blooming, and they are just flying everywhere. Every hive is just rocking. So that's exciting to see and to watch. Uh, one thing I want to talk about today before we get to uh, to winter prep and and a thought I have is we. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Joe Bouchard in Michigan, who's a, just a great educator, he's an expert in, uh, as a school psychologist and also as an educator, he's worked in schools forever. When he was exposed to the bee farm videos we put up at wildflowerbeefarm.com, he said, you know, this would be amazing for students. And so what we did is within a week, we started the virtual honeybee classroom. And so if you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com, you're going to see a bit of a different look and I'll tell you why. So. We looked at that and we said, today with COVID, you know, there's so many, I don't know about you, but there's so many stories and every day we're talking about rates and problems. You just say, well, can I just get a bit of a refuge from this? And so that's one of the first things we're finding with our launch. Just this past Monday, we launched the actual uh, online classroom and I'll explain it in a bit. But so that was the first thing. The second thing was to get children excited uh, primarily elementary age children or younger to get them excited about bees and learning in the environment and also follow the story of what we're doing here on the farm and become part of it and again i'll explain the part of it part in a second so so be involved from a distance virtually because people can't take field trips and people are all over i talked to someone today from toronto who's very excited to be able to have their children go in and every week and look at the um the videos and be motivated to do projects ask questions and that's really what we're about every monday 52 times a year we we put out a video to members and that video will highlight some aspect of the bee farm what we're doing what's happening uh, now mary my wife has done an incre- incredible job as the videographer she has this amazing camera doing close-ups of the entrances and bees and flowers and other pollinators so we're going to obviously have some really high-end uh photography for people to enjoy and also the stories of what we're doing um i still take some um kind of boring videos compared to mary where i'm working in a hive and explaining you know the the frame or what i see and again asking students to research some questions so we're we're very excited to to be able to launch the um, virtual honeybee classroom where we send out the videos every week and students can uh, do projects. We have a project sheet there. And this is also, of course, for parents who are homeschooling because of COVID. And even if you're just watching, I can't stop watching them. I look at all the the, uh, raw videos that Mary does and some of the ones I've done. I just can't stop watching some of the entrance videos we have because the bees are very close. You can you know, you can see every aspect of what they're doing. And we have some incredible um, information to share in upcoming weeks. So that's the virtual honeybee classroom. If you have children or grandchildren, school age, I guarantee you, they will absolutely love what they see. Um, the first video we have, and, and Mary was watching the front entrances, 
uh, with her camera uh, video playing and a wasp came into a hive and tried to go in and steal some honey and you won't believe what happens when that wasp tries to go in and infiltrate and steal the hive. I also think that wasp may have been a scout for other wasps. I'm not sure if, if wasps are even as social as the honeybees are, because, but I do think there's something going on there as far as perhaps a future attack. Um, the majority of our hives do have reduced entrances, which I'm sure most beekeepers have today to prevent attacking. But the other issue for robbing on our farm is we have so much pollen and nectar, not just with our different clovers that are still blooming and the bees uh, we just came back from walking through the um, white sweet clover and it's it feels like you're in a hive there's so many bees in it and it's the same in the uh, goldenrod in the bush because so much of the um, green ash had died with the ash borer the goldenrod has taken over acres and acres of the bush and and the the, the sounds and what's happening with the bees is just is just phenomenal so we're very excited about that. That's the uh, wildfirebleefarm.com, the virtual honeybee classroom. Make sure you share it. On the landing page, on the home page, before you sign up, there's a, a part where you can watch an excerpt from the first lesson of the wasp attacking the hive. It's just $50 a year, and that's for a family or that's for a classroom. So, you know, you can have as many people go online in your home that live there. You can have your, uh, if you're a teacher, let us know and you, you can go in and we'll, we'll, it's very simple to share it with your, with your classroom and get projects going. Get children excited about science, um, uh, pollinators, and honeybees. A couple thoughts today. I was, I was going through the hive thinking again the other day when I was putting on the last of the um, moisture blankets. I was thinking about what would happen, and, and, and I, w I was thinking about what if what if we were bees for a minute, and we came home, and we had some chocolate chip cookies in the oven, so the house smelled absolutely incredible. We had a full fridge of food in the pantry. It was yeah about October, so it was kind of chilly outside, but house the house was nice and warm, and that smell of chocolate chip cookies, and all of a sudden the roof of the house comes off. And a big hand comes in, uh, turns off the oven, takes out the cookies, and takes out half the food in our fridge, and then puts the roof back on after muddling around and checking out the furniture for about an hour, half an hour. I wondered if that's what the bees feel like when we go into their hives and we look at their frames and we move things around. And, you know, I avoid going in as much as possible. And that's why when I went in to put in the... Um, moisture blankets uh, because they were already open I thought well I, I should check the, a couple of frames that looked uh, suspicious and there's so much propol uh, propolis because they I, they had not been opened in three months we watched from the outside we had treated no I should take that back it's been two months we treated uh, in July for um, varroa mites so we had to open up and then took those off probably about two months ago but we it was a very quick thing we didn't uh, spend any time because we respect the privacy of the bees so I think that it's, it's sort of underestimated the disruption that happens. Now, think about you in your house. If you came home and that, that was going on in your kitchen, or you were, you suddenly had to go find more food and it was October, and, and someone left some really lousy frozen food at your doorstep and said, well, you know, the grocery store is closed, but you can eat this lousy food till next spring. Most of us wouldn't be very happy. And I think that's kind of what we do with bees. We, we open them up almost every two weeks. Um, traditional beekeeping, we take take away their honey, 
we give them sort of lousy food to eat, the sugar water. Um, and I think that may be part of why they're not as strong as they could be. I don't know. The fear of going in the winter, as any uh, buddy with bees, would be the amount we may lose this winter. And we've tried pretty much everything we can so far. And let me give you the list of what we've done here. And, and hopefully, you know, if you have bees or you, you um, are on the wildflowerbeefarm.com, you'll be able to, to see what we've done. The first is we've moved the, the hives around, so we really don't have an apiary, as it's called. We, the, the bees are all in different spots on the farm. It takes about an hour to check uh, all of the 31 hives we're going into the winter with. Um, they're around corners, they're behind mounds, and in, in, we've talked about the um, pine grove hive and other hives that are basically in within trees, others that are on maples. We have a, a hollowed out log swarm we caught that's in a hollowed out a log that was created and so we have all kinds of different habitat for them but we also have what I call social distancing for them. Again the farm has been transformed into clover primarily and we're planting the wildflowers shortly so there hasn't been any spraying going on in the farm. Um, we did treat for varroa mites with uh, formic acid and thymol depending on the on the hive. Uh, we put on the moisture blankets that have the pine shavings as well as vents to allow some circulation but give the bees an opportunity to create um, a space that they're comfortable with. But we also did not take really hardly any honey. We took a little bit for the family and a few of our members but we did not take any honey. Um, the, the bees need it. We started with two hives. We had 11 more so we brought in a total of 13 hives this year because we started fresh. Um, we had two hives over winter last year that did not make it. Uh, so these these were new hives. We split and caught swarms that led us to the 31 hives we have. We also brought in some new genetics with queens, five queens, different cells, um, and also five uh, fertilized queens to add to the genetic mix. Now the the fear, and, and depending on who you read, they say anywhere from 10 to 20 percent if everything's right would be the normal attrition rate or the death rate of hives. I don't know in this environment what we're looking at. We're all, we also have some hives going in in singles this winter, uh, some doubles, and we have one uh, with uh, a deep and two mediums on top, one of the most strongest hives I've ever seen. Uh, and we, we brought that down from four. We took one uh, small medium box of honey off. And now, so it has, it's going into the winter with a deep and two mediums. The rest are either um, a deep with a medium on top or a single deep. We also have screen bottom boards on a number of our hives. Uh, you beekeepers or people experienced would know what that is. Basically, it's a screen underneath which allows ventilation and also allows the varroa mites to, to fall down. Along with all that I've described, we also don't, you know, we don't have to give them any sugar water because they're loaded with honey. Um, just load it and we also very rarely open up the hives we, we try to watch what's happening by looking at what's going on outside of the hive and from that learning their behavior and when we may need to be able to help them so with all those interventions and all those attempts and all those things we're doing the chances are we're still going to lose some hives this winter which is which is not something I'm looking forward to but hopefully what we'll be able to do is learn from it the uh, sensor systems, and so at wildflowerbeefarm.com, at the virtual honeybee classroom, we're going to be able to have ongoing monitoring of certain highs with regard to temperature, humidity, and sound.
I was informed by the software company that the sensors are going to be shipped this week to my, to my place, and I'll be able to install them. The first in Canada, the first in the world, actually, of these types of sensors. Uh, these sensors are quite incredible because they can be two uh, kilometers away from any internet source and they basically talk to each other and they they don't really emit much as far as radioactive stuff so not but we're uh, not radioactive sorry um any type of um electrical activity that would affect the bees that's why we're only going to do a few of them to make sure it doesn't uh, harm the bees in any way and keep an eye on how they're doing so that's quite exciting and, and anyone who signs up for the wildflower bee farm will get regular access to the data uh, to do school projects or just watch and see how our bees are doing. So that's the update today for the Wildflower Bee Farm, September 2020. Make sure if you have children at home or uh, you're a teacher, go to the wildflowerbeefarm.com and check out the video of the wasp trying to attack our hive. And uh, sign up, $50 a year, and you'll get 52 um, of those videos, different videos. You get one every Monday. Plus you'll have the library and all the ones we've had put up up to this date on there as well. You have an amazing day. I'm Henry from the Wildflower Bee Farm. Talk soon.